time and the effort you have put into that to be able to record our songs. And truly, the Lord could come any moment. Um, we're just waiting for the trumpet of God to sound. Pag madungga ninyo na nimutawag sa inyo diya sa panganod, that's it. So, uh, <clears throat> I hope we're ready. You know, sa itong mga forefathers, they had experienced uh, World War One, World War Two. Wala patakatilaw ang gera sa panahon sa Hapon, kaniyanto. And they had risked their lives. Karon murag na ata sa gera. Actually, whoever survives sa pandemic, so we thank the Lord we're still alive. I had a I had called, uh, I called Brother Homer, Karong Hapon, and uh, they, they uh, stayed in a hotel. They are all right now. They're medyo niagi ng bagyo sa Ligaspe, and still nag-samok gihapon siya sa Luzon. The thing is, Tai Punsyone will be, has already entered the, uh, Philippine area of responsibility, so we need to pray for our people and for the safety of our people. In Hebrews chapter 5 tonight, <coughs> Hebrews chapter 5, um, so Hebrews 5 verse 11, we'll be reading up to Chapter 6, verse number 12 in your Bible, please. Hebrews chapter 5. See, the work of God is never easy. Life is never easy. Verse 11, Hebrews 5, verse 11. Of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing ye are dull of hearing. For when the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principle of the oracles of God, and have become such as you have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is bailed. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who are by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Therefore, leaving the principle of the doctrine of Christ, let us go unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptism and of laying of hands and of resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. And this will we do if God permit. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost and have tasted the good word of God and powers and the powers of the word to come. Verse 6. If they fall away, to renew them again unto repentance. Seeing they have crucified, they crucified them to themselves, the Son of God, afresh. 
<clears throat> and put him to an open shame. But the earth which drinketh in the rain that cometh up upon it, and bringeth forth herbs meet for them, by whom it is dressed, receiveth blessing from God. But that which beareth horns and briars is rejected, and is nigh unto cursing, whose end is to be burned. But beloved, we are persuaded better things of you, and things that accompany salvation, ought we thus speak. For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which ye have showed toward his name, in that ye have ministered to the saints and do minister. And we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end. Verse number 12, last verse, that ye be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Heavenly Father, tonight, this is quite a deep portion of the Bible, but Lord, help us to preach it and teach it, Lord, in such a way that our hearts will be enlightened through the Holy Spirit of God. Speak to us today. And Lord, may your word be glorified in our lives. May Christ our Lord be glorified. And may we be determined to take steps towards maturity, spiritual maturity. In Jesus' name I pray tonight. Amen and amen. The road to spiritual maturity. That's the message tonight. The road we trod and uh, going towards spiritual attaining spiritual maturity in verse number 12 of chapter 6 it says that ye be not slothful but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promise this verse summarizes the main message of this i say difficult and open misunderstood section of this of the epistle israel the main um, thing here is about the nation of Israel. Israel wanted to go back to Egypt. Remember that? And as a result, a whole congregation failed to inherit what God has promised to them. Except of two persons, just one Caleb. All of them that came out originally of Egypt died little by little in the wilderness. And uh, they were safely delivered out of Egypt but they never enjoyed the promised rest in Canaan. I ask you, those who died in the wilderness, those who were cursed by God in the wilderness, were they saved or not? Are they saved? Most, um, <clears throat> most um, Protestants say that they are not saved. And so remember this, during the Passover, they were, they were covered by the blood. And so, if you say that they, those who died in the wilderness, those who failed to enter the land, are in hell, that means that Moses also is in hell. And uh, so we believe they were saved. Once you're saved, you're always saved. We have to make it clear. So they were safely delivered out of Egypt, but they never enjoyed the promised rest in Canaan. And it can happen to us today. 
it can happen to us exactly today. If you keep in mind that the emphasis in this section is about our progress to spiritual maturity from chapter 5 verses 11 to chapter 6 verse number 20 we find three topics that relate to spiritual maturity first of all to progress in our walk of faith we must number one remember this three things three things we need to discuss tonight in order for us to progress in our walk of faith, we must, number one, recognize the marks of spiritual immaturity. You have to recognize the marks of spiritual <coughs> immaturity. Verses number 11 to 14. Imong dapat nga mahibaluan kung sa itong mga timailhan sa usaka Christian nga wala magtubo, nagpabilin nga bata, or masuso, or bathed, sa ilang Kristuhanon na kinabuhi. And we avoid that. You cannot take progress in your Christian life if you remain bathed in Christ. So remember that verse, chapter 5, verse 13, for everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is what? Babe. Babe. Paul, at this time, I believe Paul was the writer of the book of Hebrews, and uh, generally we say that, that the writer is unknown. But at one point, I, I believe personally it was Paul. Paul was about to begin his explanation on the heavenly priesthood of Christ, which is a, which is a deep subject in the Bible. And it takes you from one step, higher step. So he was about to begin explaining to these uh, early believers of the heavenly heavenly priesthood of Christ, but he's not sure if his readers are ready for what he has to teach. Why? The problem is that they are dull hearers. They're dull hearers. And uh, look at this in verse number 11, please. Verse 11, chapter 5, verse 11. Of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, Seeing you are dull of uh, hearing. Dull hearers. The word dull is, is translated slothful in chapter 6, verse number 12. That's the translation there. Ye be not slothful, slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promise. So remember that. So dull hearers. Slothful in chapter 6 verse 12. It refers to lack of interest. Lack of concern that prevents spiritual maturity. There are Christians today who, who had no interest at all in, in studying the Bible. They have no interest in prayer. They have no interest in, in, uh, in exercising their faith. And, and joining the congregation in the things of God. So they, they refuse to take more steps in their spiritual life. So that is the number one thing that prevents them from uh, progressing. What then are the marks of spiritual immaturity? How do we recognize these marks of spiritual immaturity that will for sure keep us from growing? Number one, listen to this dullness toward the word of God. Dullness toward 
the word of God. They never open the Bible. They never take time to study the doctrines of the faith. They never, they never try to grow spiritually. They stay bare. Bare. They may be able to, they may be able to open the Bible and find John 3.16 from Orana. And the dullness to the word of God. These believers started on their backward journey. Instead of going forward, they were going backward. <clears throat> and uh, by drifting from the word. Now look at chapter 2, please. Verse 1 to verse number 4. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them what? We should let them slip. Can you imagine? Any time, lest any time we should let them slip. And you see, they were neglecting their salvation. Let's look at verse number 3, please. Hebrews 2, verse 3. It says, How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? By the way, that word, is that, that, that sentence is addressed to Christians. Why? Because underline the word we. That includes the writer. Paul has included himself. How shall we escape God's judgment Suffering, you know what Israelites have suffered in the wilderness. If we, Christians, if we neglect, you see, um, you know, unbelievers do not neglect salvation. Because you cannot neglect something, you can only neglect, I mean, something which you have. So, these Christians, who, these people who profess to be saved, were doing nothing about their salvation. And nothing more than that. And so dullness of the word of God. So the less, <coughs> verse 2, lest at any time we should let them sleep. Might be better translated, we, lest we drift away from them. That is why in chapter 6, verse number 19, in chapter 6, verse number 19, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul. Paul uses the illustration of an anchor to show how confident we can be in the promises of God. Anchor. Our anchor is Jesus Christ. Our anchor is, 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 our, is, is passing on and established in heaven right now. More spiritual problems are caused by neglect than perhaps any other failure on our part. We neglect God's word. We neglect prayer. Worship with God's people. In chapter 10 verse 25. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. As the manner of some is. But exhorting one another. And <clears throat> so much the more. As you see the day approaching. You see. People do not realize. The consequences. Of being a Christian. And not do something about it. Claiming to be saved. And do nothing about it. I don't care about giving. I don't care about prayer. I don't care about church going or church attendance. I don't care about, 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 uh, uh, about uh, soul winning. I don't care about helping, supporting missions. I don't care. We also neglect our spiritual opportunities of, of, uh, for spiritual growth. As a result, we start to drift. By the way, drift means, D-R-I-F-T, drift means... To be carried by a current 
of air or from drifting from the Word of God to doubting the Word of God. Slowly, ginaanod ka, gurad ka ng sakayan, nga naa sa dagat, and ang hangin ka, start of the pressure, the current will start carrying you away. And not knowing at tuwa kinas tunga sa laod. Why? Because you are not anchored properly. And so, well, now, <clears throat> we need to remember this. You see, this, uh, I will explain it later. And the princess, illustration three, and our anchor, our faith, is we are anchored towards heaven. And we are anchored not to stay. We are anchored to progress. I am pressing on the upward way. New heights I am gaining every day. And so, we neglect other uh, opportunities for spiritual growth. And as a result, we start drifting. We start to drift. And, uh, and then, uh, carried by a current of air or drifting from the Word. And from there, drifting slowly from the Word. You know what the next step is? Soon you will realize that you are doubting the Word. In, in chapter 3, look at verse number 7. That's the consequence. You start drifting away. And uh, because you, you're not properly anchored, and as a result, you began to doubt the Word of God. Chapter 3, verse 7. Therefore, as the Holy Ghost said, Today we will hear His voice. Harden not your hearts. As in the day of provocation, you begin to question the Word of God. In <clears throat> chapter 4, verse 13. In chapter 4, verse 13, neither is there... Um, uh, it, it says there... In, um, I'm in chapter 3, verse number 7 to verse number 10. You can also include verse number 19. So we see that they could not enter in because of what? Unbelief. That's the reason why the children of Israel failed. They, 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 they have failed. As a result, they were now uh, dull hearers. And that is unable to listen to the word of God. Unable to receive the word of God and act on it. They refuse to listen. They refuse to, to, to hear the word of God. Receive it and act on it. They did not have the attitude of the Thessalonians. In First Thessalonians 2 verse number 13. Uh, what a great difference there. In First Thessalonians 2 verse 13. For this cause we also thank God without ceasing. Because when you receive the word of God. They receive the word of God. They receive it as not as the word, uh, not as the word of man, but as it is the truth, the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. You say, well, I'm reading the Bible, but it's not doing something in my life. Why? Because you lack faith. You lack faith. Now, dullness, how do we, how do we recognize marks of immaturity? There's dullness to the Word of God. You do not see a Christian grow. You will never grow unless you seriously take mean business of the Word of God. And if you do not study the Word of God, you do not read the Word of God, and then begin to apply it in your life. Dullness to, toward the Word of God. Number two, and uh, number two, remember this, Another thing we should avoid in verse 12 is the inability to share 
the word of God. Chapter 5 verse 12. For when the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again. And uh, which is the first principles of the oracles of God. So we receive the word of God. We, we, we gladly receive the word of God. Apply it in our lives. You know what? We receive the truth of God's word. Number two, we have the responsibility to share the word of God. The ability to share spiritual uh, things with others is a mark of maturity. It will allow you to grow. You will never grow if you just keep it in yourself. You need to share it. Begin to share it. When was the last time you have shared the word of God to someone? When was that last time? Not all Christians have the gift. Well, well, I am not a good teacher. Not all Christians, we realize that, have all the ability, the gift of teaching. But we can all share what we learn from the Word of God. One of the hardest lessons children must learn is the lesson of sharing. And that is mark of growing. That is one, one great mark of growing. So, there is the dullness toward the Word of God. Number two, the, 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 the inability to share the Word of God. And then another thing we need to avoid, staying on a baby food diet. Look at verse number 12. When the time you ought to be teachers, you have needed one teach you again with the first principles of the oracles of God. And are become such as you have need of milk and not strong meat. You just love pag maging ng pastor. My preaching today is about love. Amen, pastor. Amen, pastor. Pero magmaigo na, why ayaw ng pastor na? And then you begin to create problems in Christian life. You will not grow that way. You need to be able to absorb strong meat of the Word of God. And there are Christians, they have been believers for 20 years, pero... And you know what they love to hear always is John 3.16. Though we love John 3.16. And so avoid staying on a baby diet. Milk is, is pre-digested food. And it is especially suited for babies. But only those who, only those who have teeth can enjoy meat. And pansakin ng imong anak na 3 month old dog karni di ba kay may and so, how many Christians, they, they just love to die, just, sige lang katong humana, humana. They don't, don't, they don't notice the difference. But those growing children, they love, uh, So the writer defines the milk as the first principles of the oracles of God. In chapter 5, verse 12, the meat of the word is the teaching about the Lord's ministry. He wanted to take their Christian life to the next step. They're learning to the higher degree, but the problem is he's not sure if they are ready for it. Now in heaven, as our high priest, the writer wanted them to, uh, you know, take this meat to them, and so they were not ready for it. Number four, unskillful in using the word. Look at verse number Verse number 14, But strong meat belongeth to them that are full of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good 
and evil. As we grow in the word, we learn to use it in our daily life. As we apply the word, we exercise our spiritual senses and develop spiritual discernment. It is a characteristic of a little uh, child, little children that they lack discernment. You know, a baby will put anything into its mouth. An immature believer will listen to a preacher on radio or television and not be able to identify whether or not he's true to the scripture. And that is why there are, there are Baptists. Listen, that they listen to uh, Eli Soriano and they are convinced. They believe Mr. Soriano. They can listen to Mr. El Shaddai and they said, Miss Makpakpa. And once in a while, Mores Reis Pagamot, Wapagpanyo, Itasa mga panyo dyan. Kayo dyan, mga, oh, sino man dyan may sakit, mga kapatid. Tas taas po panyo. Why? They cannot discern it. They cannot discern it. That is mark of unskillful uh, being, using the word of God. It's a mark of spiritual immaturity. In our walk of faith, we must recognize the marks of spiritual immaturity. I was in one of the bookstores bookstores here in Dabo City. I was looking for a book that I can use for Bible school. Began to scan the bookshelf. I said, Pak, just, just a matter of seconds, you can detect. You can tell whether they are true to the word or not. If they are uh, true to the doctrine or not. So remember this, in order for us to progress, you must be able to identify and you must know the marks of spiritual immaturity. You must overcome them. Amen? I don't know if it's permitted to say amen. Uh, say amen in your heart. And uh, in chapter 6, verses 1 to 12, number 2, in order to progress, we must respond to the call. A call. The call to spiritual maturity. And let me say this, no one can escape coming into this world as a baby because it is the only way we get here. But it is tragic when a baby fails to mature. Yes. In chapter 6, look at verse 1. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrines of Christ, let us move on unto maturity. Spiritual maturity. The word, the word perfection means <clears throat> spiritual maturity. We're called to spiritual progress. If we are, if we are going to make progress, <clears throat> we have to have, we have to leave the childhood things behind us and go forward in spiritual growth. Therefore, it's just there, leaving the principles. Just simply saying, having left once, once and for all, the elementary lessons, the ABC, so to speak, of the Christian faith. The teaching of Christ. You see, you're going to leave the kindergarten and you take grade one, grade two, grade six, grade four, and then you, you go into the high school level, you go into the college level, and then you finish college, you become a teacher. So you see yourself going to the next level. And until now, you are still learning A, B, C. And uh, now, so the teacher had taught their young children the basic ABCs. Young children learn their ABCs so that they will learn to read 
words. They will learn to read sentences, identify the words, and, and they can read books. But let me tell you this, you cannot, you do not keep learning the basics. Instead, you use the basics to go on to better things. What you have learned. We learn about salvation. We learn that there was a day when we got saved. And we use them for us to grow. And uh, so we are called to spiritual progress. We must respond to it. So the, the praise, let us go on, in verse number 1, can be translated, let us be carried forward. It is God who enables us to progress as you yield to Him, receive His word and act on it. A baby does not grow himself. Remember that. He grows as he eats. He grows as he sleeps. He grows as he exercises and permits his body to function. Just do not sit down there and wait for you to grow. No. There is a process that you need to take. Number two, first of all, we are called to spiritual progress. We must respond to it. Progress, number three, number two, I mean, progress to maturity, we need to understand this. And I believe the book of Hebrews teaches us, once you're saved, you're saved. But you'll be surprised that most of those who attack our doctrine, eternal security, would love to use Hebrews chapter 6. Misusing the word of God. Misunderstanding the word of God. Number two, progress to maturity does not affect salvation. It has nothing to do with your salvation. Yes, it is a sign that you are saved. But you do not grow to be saved. You, you grow because you have been saved. Verse number four, chapter six. Underline few words here for it is what? Next word impossible to those who are enlightened and have tasted the heavenly gift and this this is this is when you know uh, they they verses they support on on their what they call fallen falling from the grace of god these verses have given people cause for worry and concern mainly because these verses have been misunderstood and misapplied Bible students over the years have come up with several approaches to this serious passage. Let me show you one view. And the one view is that the writer is warning us against the sin of apostasy. And they said, well, this is something about apostasy. Willful turning one's back on Jesus and turning to the old line. And then when you get saved and then you turn... Back your, turn your back on Jesus. You return to the old life. According to them, such a person would be lost forever. You see, you get saved and then you, you go back to the old way of life. You, you lose your salvation. And there are several problems with this interpretation. Number one, number one, honestly, to begin with, the Greek word apostasia is not used in this passage. They're talking about something that is not talked about. The verb for fall away in Hebrews chapter 6, verse number is, if they fall away, the verb there um, is para, parapepto, which literally means to fall alongside. 
Second, we always interpret, remember this, the word apostasia is not mentioned there. So we question that. This is not about apostasy here. Number two, there is a principle that you need to learn. And paradika mawala, you have to remember this. Remember throughout of your life that I said this today. We always interpret the obscure by the obvious. Say it with me. We always interpret the obscure by the, by the obvious. Meaning to say, pag naisa ka versikulo diha, I would say, for example, he that believeth and is baptized shall be damned. So they include baptism, they add baptism to faith. And so now, you have a problem there. How do you settle the problem? In a, it, in a, it is a one verse, obscure verse, you interpret the obscure by the obvious. What does it mean? You go into the entire Bible and, and prove whether baptism can save. First of all, you question. If baptism really, uh, really is part of salvation, that simply means tanang Old Testament saints walay na save. Why? Why my baptism nito? But there, there, there are multitudes of Old Testament saints who are in heaven. That's one thing. Interpret the obscure by the obvious. And so I quit believing that baptism helps save my soul. Because if baptism helps saving soul, that means the Old Testament people are all lost. But they are saved. Number two, the man, the thief on the cross, was never baptized, but he's in heaven. Number three, Judas was baptized, but he's in hell. Pilanan nakabok. So you interpret the obscure by the obvious. And so that's the, the thing there. And now, if they are teaching us that they can lose your salvation, stop there for a while. And uh, this is an obscure thing. Here, there are many verses in Scripture that assure true believers that they can never be lost. John 10, 28. John, John, the book of John. Book of 1 John. You have the eternal security. So many verses in the Bible. You interpret the obscure by the obvious. Then make conclusion. If they insist ng tao mo say pinagi sa baptism, because he that believeth and is baptized, the Bible says, and then you go into so many passages in Scripture that prove that baptism is not part of salvation, how do you decide? How do you decide? Those who teach that we can lose our salvation also teach that such a person can be restored. But this passage teaches that the, 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 just the opposite. Look at the word impossible in verse number 4. To renew them again and to repentance, it is impossible. Verse number 6. And then look at verse 4, verse 6, vice versa. In other words, if this refers to apostasy, once a person turns his back on Christ, he cannot be restored to salvation. He's lost forever. Then the conclusion is they are wrong. Others claim that the people addressed were not true believers. Do not point. They said, well, these people are not saved. 
they had cooperated with the Holy Spirit up to a point, but they were not actually born again. Well, let's examine the description of these people and see if they possess salvation, true salvation or not. Look at verse number 4. They were enlightened. By the way, the word once means enlightened once and for all. Once for all. And the way this same verb is used in Hebrews 10, 22, indicates experience of true salvation. These people were true saved. They have tasted of the heavenly gift in verse 4. And they have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the world to come, verse 5. So to claim that these people tasted but did not eat, a well-known preacher said, it is to base interpretation on one meaning of an English word. Sorry, but you have to look into the original words of the Bible. Now, one thing I challenge them, nakatilaw lang sila pastor sa heavenly gift, nakatilaw lang sila kaluwasan niya, giluwa nila, pwede ba na? Now, Hebrews 2, look at verse number 9. Hebrews 2, verse number 9. Interpreting the obscure by the obvious. Look at verse number 2, verse 9. Hebrews 2, verse 9. But we see Jesus who was made little lower than angels, but the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, and by the grace of God, should what? Taste the same word. Said, kato sila, katilaw lang, so... They lost the salvation. And you know, let, let me clarify this. God permitted His Son to taste death for every man. Surely Jesus did not simply sample death on the cross. The word taste there carries the idea of experience. When He tasted death, He went through it. He endured the cross fully. So these people have tasted, meaning they have experienced full salvation. These Hebrew believers had experienced the gift of salvation. The word of God, the power of God. All these things describe authentic or genuine salvation. We conclude that the people addressed here were true believers and not mere professors. Is there an amen to that? So progress does not affect salvation. Remember that. If we say progress affects salvation, dapat si Lot wala masayid. Dapat si Jacob wala masayid. But they are in heaven today. Progress to spiritual number three, maturity will result in fruitfulness. Remember, if you grow, the benefit is you experience more fruit, more blessing in your Christian life. And look at chapter, chapter 6, verse 7. Verse 7. Verse number 10. For the earth which drinketh in the rain that cometh up upon it, and bringeth forth herbs, meet for them, for them by whom it is dressed, receiveth blessing what? Blessing from God. Just do not know the blessing of serving the Lord. The blessing of serving the Lord. That which beareth horns and briars is rejected, and is nigh unto cursing, whose end is to be burned. But, beloved, we are persuaded better things of you, things that accompany salvation, though we thus speak. God is not unrighteous, he says there. This illustration of a field reminds us of our Lord's parable of the sower in Matthew 13. 
as well as Paul's teaching about the fire, testing our works in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 6 to 15. A field proves its worth by bearing fruit. A true believer, as he makes spiritual progress, bears fruit for God's glory. Remember that. And uh, if you are truly saying, remember this, you will bear fruit. You will bear fruit. You have to. Because if you quit on God, God may quit on you. God may quit that the thorns and briars are burned, not the field. The thorns and the briars, not the field. You see, God never curses his own. The crop of God's blessing, pictured in Hebrews 6 verse 7, is called things that accompany salvation. In Hebrews 6 verse 9, not every believer bears the same amount of fruit. Some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Matthew 13 23. But every believer bears the same kind of fruit as proof that he is a child of God. The writer listed some of the fruit that we know that he knew had been produced in their lives. And uh, because of their love, they had worked, they had labored. Chapter 6, verse number 10. For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love which you have showed toward his name and that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. Dili pwede nga masave ka nga dili ka matrabaho. Dili pwede. You are not saved at all. Your works had nothing to do. They have nothing to do with your salvation. Pag tinood ka nga saved, dapat na kay bunga. And uh, they have loved, they have, they, have, they have suffered. Number of progress to spiritual maturity demands diligent effort. And uh, it's not an easy thing. Verse 11, 12, we decide that every one of you do show the same diligence. Diligence to the full assurance of faith, hope, unto the end, that ye be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promise. Inherit the promise. While it is true that it is God who carries us along to maturity, the Bible says in Philippians 2.13, it is God which worketh you both to will and to do his good pleasure. Yes, God provides us the power, God provides us the grace, God provides us what we need to, to go on to maturity. But Hebrews 1, Hebrews 6 verse 1, verse 3, it is also true that the believer must do his part. We must not be lazy, slothful. In verse 12, chapter 6 verse 12, the same word, a doll, in, in chapter 5 verse 11. But apply ourselves to spiritual resources God has given us. We have the promises from God. He would, we would exercise faith and patience and claim these promises for ourselves. Live like Caleb. Live like Joshua. We must believe God's promise and want to go in and claim the land. We claim the land. Remember that. You know what happened to the, to the spies that brought evil report? They died of a plague. Now, what if I'm true saved? God is trying to work in me, but I refuse. I refuse. Now read the Bible. 
Pag tinood kang Christian that you, that you refuse to move forward, there is a sin unto death. Basi sayo kang papahulayon sa gino. Remember, there are Christians na sayo na graduate. Why? Because God will not allow you to become a stumbling block sa tarbaho sa gino. And those people who died in the wilderness could have enjoyed what God has prepared for them, but they all failed God and died. Their carcasses fell in the wilderness. Now, all of us Christians are not making the spiritual progress as we should, I say. But we need never fear. God will condemn us. The writer gave three arguments for the certain salvation of true believers. Number one, in chapter 6, verse 13 to 15, we have God's promise. We have God's promise. God's main promise to Abraham is recorded in Genesis 22, verse 16 and 17. In spite of Abraham's failure and sins, God kept his promise. Isaac was born. Many of God's promise do not depend on our character, but remember this, God's promise depends on his faithfulness. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out. I-consider na ang salvation. Kana ang salvation, gihatag sa gino, wala na nagdepende si mong faithfulness. Kaya kung sa faithfulness na to, sa Osaka Adlao, yung pana Charles Spurgeon, I would have lost my salvation 10,000 times. But thank God, it's in the hand of God. Amen. But if you serve the Lord, you will be blessed by God. If you serve the Lord, you will see the truth, the reward of, of, of God. So they have, number one, God's promise. And then they also have God's oath. God not only gave Abraham a promise, but he also confirmed it, that promise with an oath. And then, and then there's, there's the last thing there that I would like to discuss with you. God, you know, in our, it's just there. Um, God did not do this only for Abraham. He has given his promise and oath to the heirs of promise. Chapter 6, verse 17, it says there, in, wherein God willing more abundant to show the heirs of promise, the immutability, it changes not of his counsel, confirm it by an oath. Abraham and his descendants are the first of these heirs. Chapter 11, look at verse number 9. And then, but all, but not only his descendants, but all believers are included as Abraham's spiritual seed. Galatians 3.29 so our assurance of salvation is guaranteed by God's promise. Number two, by God's oath. Two immutable, unchangeable things. And then chapter 6, verse 18, that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who had fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope that is set before us. To lay hold the hope that is set before us. We have a strong consolation. We have a great encouragement concerning the hope set before us. You see, Hebrews is a book of encouragement, not discouragement. It is not to terrify us. By the way, in verse number 6, chapter 6, the, the priest refused, fled to refuge. 
suggests the Old Testament cities of refuge. Described in the book of Joshua, God appointed six cities, three on each side of the Jordan, in which a man could flee if he had accidentally, they call it manslaughter. Sa itong term, karon, uh, they, they would classify it kanang uh, homicide. And if you kill somebody unintentionally, accidentally, then you run. You flee to the city of refuge. And uh, the elder of the city would investigate the case. And then they would determine that it really was not intentional. It was not murder. Not premeditated uh, crime. It's a pre- murder is a, a crime committed with, with uh, previous meditation. That is murder. And so, if you kill somebody... Accidentally, then Dagan as a city of repute, six cities were provided, and then he could, and then the, the, they investigate, and they find out it's not really intentional, so they would permit the man to live in the city until the death of the high priest. Then he could return to his home. The members of the slain man's family could not avenge themselves so long as the man remained in the city. You know, this is the thought behind it. We have fled to Jesus Christ. He's our eternal refuge, our high priest. And you know what? He will never die. Thank God for that. We have an eternal salvation. Unlike the high priest in the Old Testament, he dies. But no, no avenger can touch us. Walay avenger, because he has already died and risen again from the dead. We have God's sign. In verse number, we have God's promise. We have God's oath. And then, lastly, we have God's son. We have hope. We have hope. Uh, which hope we have, an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, which entered in that within the veil, whether the forerunner is for us, entered, even Jesus made the high priest for us. Oh, thank God for that. Our hope is in Christ. Our hope in Christ is like an anchor for the soul. The anchor was a popular symbol in early church. By the way, the Greek Stoic philosopher Epictetus wrote, and you know what he says, one must not tie a ship to a single anchor or life to a single hope. One must not tie a ship to a single anchor. Oh, nor life to a single hope. But my friend, we are here, we stand and challenge that thought. Christians have one, we have but one anchor, Jesus Christ, our hope. Colossians 1, verse 5, but the hope which is laid for you in heaven, whereof you heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel. First Timothy 1, verse 1, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God, our Savior, and Lord Jesus Christ, which is our hope. Colossians 1.27 To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Our spiritual anchor is not material anchor of ships. For one thing, we are anchored upward to heaven, not downward. And the is among a banka 
Dito sila silaong. Dito nakaangkla ang ilahang barko. And we have served in here, Siman, he knows what I'm talking about. Ang Christian nakaangkla siya sa taas. Upward. What's the difference? We are anchored not to stand still. We are anchored to move ahead. Our anchor is sure. It cannot be, it cannot break, it, cannot, it is steadfast, it cannot slip. Nor earthly anchor can give that kind of security. No, at all, earthly anchor can give that kind of security. The writer then finally sealed this truth. All the truth he presented here by saying that the Savior is our forerunner. Was gone ahead to heaven that we may one day follow the Old Testament. The Old Testament, you know, priest was not a forerunner. Why? Aaron enters the Holy of Holies once a year. Nobody follows him. Goes out. He comes out of the temple. The Old Testament priest was not a forerunner because nobody could follow him into the Holy of Holies. Tunay magpabuang-buang, sunod kang Aaron, they will die. But Jesus has gone to heaven so that one day we may follow him. We may follow him. Hebrews 6, verse number 19. Let me read that. Verse 20. For whether the forerunner is for us, entered even Jesus, made priests forever after the order of Melchizedek. And doctor, I love his writing. H.A. Ironside has suggested the two praises within the veil and without the camp. In chapter 6, verse number 9, chapter 6, verse 9, Beloved, we are persuaded, I mean, verse number 19, With hope we have an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth in within the veil. The Holy of Holies. And in chapter 13, look at verse number 13. Chapter 13, let us go forth therefore unto him without the camp bearing his reproach. Now, Dr. Ironside gave his interpretation there, his thought, summarizes the epistle to the Hebrews. Jesus Christ is within the veil. He's our high priest. He entered into the Holy of Holies. We, 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 can, we can therefore come boldly to his throne and receive all help that we need. But we must not be secret saints or disciples. We must be willing to identify with Christ in his rejection and go without the cup, bearing his reproach. Hebrews 13, verse 13. The Hebrew believer who received this letter were tempted to compromise they were tempted to avoid that reproach. Because as God's people, they have to bear the reproach of Christ. However, if we live within the veil, we shall have no trouble going without the camp. Where do we get our strength? Regardless of what reproach you take to the exhortation in, in, this, in, this, in, this, in this section, be sure you lay hold of the main lesson. Believers must go on to maturity and God has made it possible for us to do so if we start to drift from the word then we will also start doubting the word and then before long we will get dull toward the word of God in chapter 5 verse 11 to 
chapter 6, verse 20, we become lazy or slothful believers. The best way to keep from drifting is to lay hold of that anchor. And anchor upward. We can sing that song, I'm pressing on the upward way. New heights I'm gaining every day. Let us all bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for the word of God preached tonight. And as we give the invitation, Lord, may people realize there's only one Savior that can save our souls and that we have a great high priest who is ready to support us, ready to provide us the strength. And our hope in this world is not anchored on physical things, on material things. Our hope is anchored up there in heaven. And we find all the resources we need. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for being our high priest, our Lord and Savior. And as God's people, we may, we, we, we may help us that we may constantly seek the Lord in our hearts, in our lives tonight. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Sir Greg, go ahead. Uh,